Hey there, I'm Sophie Fay, and I use they-them pronouns, and I play Hannah on Omen Podcast. Hi, my name is Charlie West, and I play Quentin Carthaginian in the adventurous storytelling podcast, Omen. Hello, my name is Sarah Doreen McPhee. I play Mara in Omen. Uh, and a little bit about the recording process. Uh, the recording process for Omen was pretty streamlined. Um, I believe I got the email asking if I would like to join the team, and then immediately I was asked to do some uh, table reads uh, via Zoom. And I found that those table reads to be incredibly helpful in developing the character, but but also getting to meet the amazing castmates that we have. Like, seriously, seriously, these people are so, so talented. Um, and it was really incredible just to be able to read with them and getting to even get their energy, like, even through uh, socially distant technologies and across the world through all of us. Um, and that was really, really cool. Uh, the recording process for me uh, remotely was pretty simple. Uh, I was given the scripts and I think I recorded all of it in one day, um, almost immediately after uh, getting it. I just wanted to get it, uh, get it done and get it, get it sent out. But it was really... It was a lot of fun. It, it was to just spend that whole day just really immersed in this character and immersed in this world and immersed in the story. It was really, really, it's something that I hold very, very near to, and dear to my heart. Even if it was, you know, done uh, within the isolation of my booth uh, and alone, it, it was still felt like I was connecting with other people and it felt like... It felt very real. It, it was a wonderful experience. Um, a little bit about why you should watch Omen or listen to Omen. Um, the reason why I really wanted to audition for this uh, project when I first saw the open call is I read the dialogue that was written, just given just for, uh, you know, general like scene break, scene and character breakdowns. And when I got to the dialogue that was written for my character, Mara, I was like, oh, this is incredibly interesting and complex, and there's a lot of layers going on with just even these scant sentences that are being given right here. I want to sink my teeth into this. And it was just immediate. It clicked for me. I was like, I need to audition for this. I need to get into this. And I really, really hope that everybody else, when they listen to it, will be able to get into it and realize just just why they should sink their teeth into this world and into this amazing production. So thank you very much, and I hope you have fun listening to Omen. From the moment that we all got together to first start recording the um, the prologue for Omen, we all got together, and I wasn't really sure what to expect, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of nervous. It, it can be really intimidating, but... When I got in there, everyone is super welcoming and super ready, and it was a super professional environment. And it was amazing to work alongside incredible crewmates like AJ, Mamito, and, and Mabe. And through all that, I feel like Tim was an amazing director with it all, too. He mentioned to us that it's his first time directing anything and really producing and bringing it all together. He did a pretty stellar job. Um... Honestly, on my end, I just kept up my like my main principles for voice acting, my main do's and don'ts. And if anyone was to ask me, I would always say, make sure to stay in communication. Throughout these past last two years, with everything going on in the world, with a wrench thrown in the mix, a lot of people had to <laughs> take some time, and I was one of them. Tim was incredibly patient with me. And it was really amazing. I took my time to read through everything, and I got ready. And if something ever came up, I would talk to him about it, and he would be super understanding. I feel like I'm pretty lucky to have someone like that as a director, and a good friend, honestly. One of the most important things that I had going on while I was recording in the booth with Tim was the consistent reminder, make sure that you are open to criticism, constructive criticism. And you might learn a lot about yourself and your acting methods, and I would come up with takes that I could not have even brought from the top of my head. Because of that, there was this consistent feeling of mutual growth. Him as a director, me as an actor. One of my favorite things about that was that we would bounce ideas back and forth in the middle of recording. And without giving any spoilers, my favorite result of all of this was the use of props. Which you'll hear in episode 104 of Omen. Uh, right from the get-go. Things really kick into speed from there in ways that, like, even though I'd already known what was going on... It still catches you off guard hearing it come to life. So, if I had anything left to say for the audio drama enthusiasts out there, or the storytelling podcast lovers, or those who are even just first getting introduced to podcasts, I would say, come aboard and enjoy the ride.
This one's going to be a good one. So I think the best part of working as a voice actor with Tim Krause, the director, was that Tim makes you feel at ease. Like when recording, it feels like you're in a studio with the Zoom call in the background and your recording device or microphone in my case. Just you're trying to capture the best take possible. It feels kind of like you're behind the glass in a studio, headphones on, just waiting for the green light, you know? <laughs> and I know in our directing session, we had a couple of times that my character, Hannah, has to really delve deep into being afraid, and that's not the easiest emotion to portray. You feel awkward, you're torn between trying to sort of yell or cry louder, and your dog is getting freaked out in the background and barking, which is really cute but also really bad for sound recording, right? But for voice actors, a lot of voice acting is just kind of putting your all into your voice, which can feel super intimidating. With live acting, you can focus on your body, your facial expressions, and with voice acting, you just really have to lean into your voice and place all your emotion there and be way larger than life about it. I'd say don't ever feel like you're doing too much for voice acting. You're not doing too much, ever. There's no being extra. Like, really put all of you into your character for voice acting and just kind of let your emotions shine through. Also, as for why to listen to Omen podcasts, it's it's a magical swashbuckling adventure with tons of twists and turns. I mean, what's there not to like about it, right? <laughs> All right, you lot, shut up and listen. Nat here from Omen Podcast. You listen to it, yeah? Do. Apparently this year what I'm saying is the introduction to the Mediva Podcast. Anyways, over a few drinks and after I threatened her son but lost to her in an almost fatal game of Go Fish, Sarah said to say, you won't want to miss this one. Talking directing actors for the first time and collaborating as partners. Someone allegedly amazing called Tim Krause and Sarah Ray Werner of Omen Podcast are appearing to chat. Enjoy it, or I'll find you. I'll make you enjoy it. Capiche? Okay, people of the world, are you ready for this ride? So Beavis and Butthead, Barney and Clyde, Cow and Chicken are terrible but memorable examples of amazing duos for different reasons and have absolutely, I th- oh, I think, an extra character has appeared. Sorry. Wild Pussycat appears. But these folks have nothing to do with one of the newest creative teams of some of the most thrilling and groovy audio drama joy on the block. Yes, welcome to Mediva, the wonderful Tim Krause and Sarah Ray Munn of Omen Podcast. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> and of Pussycat too. <laughs> That's Midori. <laughs> Welcome, Pussycat. See, Midori, I, I think this is great. We need more Pussycats in audio drama live, to be honest. Please train Midori up to be in all of the future sessions of everything. Uh, She's up for it. <laughs> But uh, welcome, Tim. I, I, I think we, we really are kind of celebrating one of your beautiful, creative baby gems of audio mm. dramas, aren't we, today? I think um, there's at least three episodes of Omen released so yes. far. And uh, and we've just heard just at the beginning of the show here uh, the brilliant cast give some short inspiring feedback on on their experience and so so you just give a cheer actually for Sophie Faye Charlie Wes and Sarah Dory McPhee hooray <laughs> <laughs> and also you know kudos to you for making it such a wonderful experience for them too you know so so yeah Tim can you tell us a little bit about your your inspiration and, and why those ideas burn such a hole in your pocket that you simply had to write this epic piece of audio, loving joy in, and why for audio too? Well, I'd be first of all, <laughs> I have to say right out of the bat that um, the lovely testimonials that my cast gave were very generous, um, being as this is my first time directing anything. So <laughs> I'm coming at this very so much as an amateur and... Um, as a writer and we'll get more into that later but um mm-hmm. as far as why i had to make this project um a couple different reasons um and it's a good question um so 
as many people may know, I helped um, edit the script for Girl in Space. I helped mm-hmm. edit audio for the Right Now podcast with Sarah. Um, so I also wrote and edited the bonus episodes for Girl in Space, which are available oh, on yes. SarahWarner.com. glorious fun. Or GirlInSpace.com, <laughs> excuse me. GirlInSpacePodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, there you go, yeah. I got a third try. Okay. And I also helped to create and edit the Podcast Now master course that Sarah runs for new and aspiring podcasters. Um, so while I was doing all of this, it kind of just dawned on me that creating my own audio drama from scratch didn't really require much more than I was already doing. Um, okay. All I really needed was a good story and... Um, there's loads of those. There's around. loads of those just <laughs> sitting around in bins. Yes. Um, just pick one. Right. Yeah. I had, I, I don't know, I've been working on a couple novels, but like none of them were really like, mm-hmm. you know, passionate kind of things that I was really excited about. Um, and I think it was yep. Sarah actually who was like, well, what about our Pathfinder game? And for people who don't know, Pathfinder is kind of the sister game to Dungeons and Dragons. It is a Mm -hmm. tabletop role-playing game in which you play a character, a heroic character, and you go and slay monsters and find treasures and level up, and it's very fun. And I had been the dungeon master equivalent, uh, a game master, uh, to one of these games that we had been playing for about four years at the time. Oh, yeah, goodness. they could go even... with with wee breaks. I hope. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> many. <laughs> yes, on and off for four years. Uh, Amazing. So, um, and I ran that with uh, my partner Sarah um, and our mm-hmm. friend uh, Sam, and it was just the three of us. And we get together on weekends or whenever we could, and we just play the game and they came up with the characters yeah and we just Mm. told stories and i'm you've had dungeon and dragons people on your show before and um they make for great interviewers but um yeah they came up with these characters and they responded to the world that i created and they helped create a lot of the things too so I had four years of Game Master notes, and I was like, well, what a great place to start. I don't have to outline anything. I just <laughs> I just grabbed those, <laughs> and I had never adapted anything before. Mm. So I thought this was a fantastic challenge to try and adapt oh, my yes. Game Master yeah. notes into an audio drama. Um, mm. So I saw it as a challenge I'd never had before. So on top of adapting it and writing it, I'd have to cast, I'd have to direct, edit, I'd have to get into PR and marketing, you know, and it was all yes. this so many hats. <laughs> and Sarah had always told me, like, hey, if if you start a project and you feel like it's a little too much, it's a little too much to bite off than you can chew right now, then you're probably doing it right because you need to grow and learn <laughs> as you jump into something like this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So um in the spring of 2019 i went out to a coffee shop sat down with my laptop and i started banging out the first season of omen oh i can imagine that there's a musical soundtrack to that little movie in my mind (laughs) i would love to do a musical episode (laughs) you should yes we need more musical episodes and everything girl in space too right there's no excuses oh she's been getting hounded for that for a long time Brilliant. So, so obviously, the, there's massive substance behind this story, and obviously, you've you've tried and tested the uh, pitches and troughs of the the brilliant uh, challenges and thrills in in the story too. So, so yeah, I, I think uh, it'd be intriguing to just fathom how how you work together really as well. We've talked about being a team already, but but what did you do? What were your roles in in making this happen? And are there any other people that have been really important to to getting it to fruition. I'd love to hear Sarah's take on this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like Tim said, uh, he started sort of creating Omen based on like what he had learned in editing the videos for my podcasting course. So yeah, mm-hmm. so Tim was kind of moving forward and every time he had a question, um, I'd be like, well, <laughs> you know, what is your, what do your worksheets say for the course? 
And um, so he uh-huh. made like a branding document and he made all of the uh, like synopses and he wrote the meta descriptions and all of that. Um, and, and along the way, I just kind of, um, I was, mo- I think honestly, mostly what I did was encourage, I don't know, Tim, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. I did more than that, but um, <laughs> I did uh, read and edit and offer suggestions for the story. Uh, we did go on a lot of walks together and talk about, well, what if this, what if this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed that process. Um, but at the same yes. time, I wanted this to be Tim's project. Um, because I know with Girl in sure. Space, I felt such a deep ownership of that show because it was like, you know, you know, it's my, it's my thing. It's my baby. And I wanted Tim to like yes. feel yes, that same is. pride and ownership <laughs> yeah. in a project. And so while mm-hmm. I did executive produce mm-hmm. Omen, I still, I, I still prefer to think of it as like Tim's show. So Tim, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it was, it's funny because while we were playing and it, I have a lot of troubles keeping these two things straight now because we have this game that we keep, we're still playing the game <laughs> um, at my home. That means there's more seasons oh, there's to happen. Gonna be so right. There's tons. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I did not exhaust my notes at all for this, but um, we kind of as a group get confused because all three of us, Sam, Sarah, and I are very much excited about this, this audio drama and the lines are starting to blur a lot. Um, And that is because Sarah came up with Gwen's character, who is one of the main characters of season one. And Sam came up with Tobias, who is another one of the main characters. Mm -hmm. And so I've consulted with both of them quite a bit throughout Mm -hmm. the whole process. And Mm -hmm. um, especially with Sarah and I, I think our roles kind of reversed a bit because um, I've always been her editor and her kind of sounding wall. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. she's been that for me in spades um anytime i had a question about anything she was there to offer her take on it or even if i was just like hey what would gwen do if this happened um and she would give me insight into that Um, we need we need to have like that as a job title don't we (laughs) that kind of motivator sounding wall someone that needs to be on every yeah that cheerleader the critic the overseer the the masseur Uh, (laughs) we we just need i think every podcaster who is creating audio fiction needs at least one person who's going to be that that person i must say i i rely a lot on on fiona Mm. thrail actually we kind of banter between us on our various projects they're still individual projects right but when i'm doubting Mm. something or something's just not feeling right i just get her opinion on it and and there's a few other folks as well voice actor pals that are are ping things to you and i think that's invaluable so brilliant that you've got that fantastic understanding as well yeah yeah? it's Um, funny because you recently had danny ellett on your show yes and she talked about how the best projects um namely you know podcasts and audio dramas are ones that are collaborative efforts and i 100 mm. percent agree with that yeah. so coming at this as like you know writer director everything editor <laughs> i needed as many people collaborating with me as i possibly could even if you know it was just in a situational um uh sense so Brilliant. um yeah doing everything yourself is really hard <laughs> and i think in subsequent seasons, I'm going to look into maybe building more of a team around me than just Sarah, but she was Ooh. invaluable throughout the whole process. Well, that's really interesting in as much as who would you want to be in place as well? Like, what would oh, you, what I... would your ideal scenario wise, if you, you know, money, time and, and, and distance was no object, <laughs> what would you think you'd want in place? I would definitely want a dialogue editor. Mm-hmm. Um on our payroll that would be wonderful i think that was and i've talked to creators like um eli mcelveen oh, who loves legend. everything audio mm-hmm. and i talked to him like oh i just cannot do dialogue edits it's just purgatory for me it goes on forever and ever <laughs> and he's just like oh i, I like that part <laughs> um so i need to find um people that can help me with the the, the roles that i'm myself not as comfortable with which mm. maybe that would have been great for season one but i i did learn a lot about yes. roles that i was not comfortable with going into this yes 
Brilliant. Well, that leads me to my next question, actually. Do you want to talk us through that process then from that coffee shop? I imagine it's you're by the sunlit window uh, with golden hue all around <laughs> you. Everything is beautiful. And uh, yeah, from that moment of having it written and you've typed the end. I don't know if you did, but imagine, let's imagine you did. And, and what happened next? Can you talk us through that whole process of like having written it, what you did for it, like casting it, rehearsing it, recording it to, oh, to release? Man. I think the first thing we did after I wrote the last episode was we set up the website, didn't we, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And set up a place where people could come to get information about casting calls because yeah. I didn't want to just do it on Twitter or social media or whatever. I wanted to be able to have a platform people could come to and like read over the, the sides and everything. Great. Um, and this was my first casting call and I wanted to do it right. So yeah. And I think a big part of that early production was just building trust signals with not just actors we wanted to work with, but with potential future listeners, too. Mm. Um, When you have a website, people are like, oh, this is a thing. Um, These people are serious about what they do. And um, Mm. yeah. It's also in my wedding colors, which I really like. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> the navy blue and the navy the blue and orange. Yellow. That was our lovely But I think that's a really valid thing to say because I think there was far more predominance having run the at audio auditions Twitter uh, handle, which everyone who's a voice actor should keep an eye out because there's some gems yes. going on there. Um, essentially, most of the things coming through are using Google Docs or Google Forms right now, and I think. Yeah, being able to send someone to that website just gives it, I don't know, that extra level up, I think. (laughs) And I wanted to work with the best people I could get a hold of and that would be interested. So, yeah, building a website, um, being upfront and saying these are paid roles. These Mm -hmm. are all things that we're trying to throw out trust signals to people to say, like, hey, we can work together and and we can have a good time. So. That was that was a huge thing for me was um, casting my nets wide enough so that the people that would be interested in doing this and and taking on these roles would find them and that was mm-hmm. a big worry of mine early on oh. and oh my goodness we could not have been luckier with the people that it's found sounding us supreme isn't I it know. it's a fantastic bunch of I'm folks continually blown away by yeah if you haven't heard it stop the podcast now and go <laughs> binge the first few episodes please uh, <laughs> So brilliant. So you've got the word out there. I think you started a a Twitter handle as well. Um, Yeah, what was next? Well, I did. I think we decided that the best way to do casting calls, because this is a huge story, probably bigger than I should have started with. That's Um, a good thing. And it's got a cast of, yeah. (laughs) Just start epic. Why not? 12 season, massive. It very much was a, a project that was too big for me to chew beginning um but we had a cast of characters that were you know over 20 uh by the time i was done and i don't think that's typical for a lot of first-time audio dramas but that's what i needed so i decided instead of just having a huge long list of characters that people could say like oh i'll just do all of these at once or whatever um i started with the main four characters and i made sure to give that a good Mm -hmm. two to three weeks of exposure and just to try to get as many people as possible i was very adamant about i want this kind of um, accent and I want people from that country to represent that accent. So for the character of Gwen, I wanted Mm. an actress from um, England. I wanted someone who had a a British accent. Yes, absolutely. I got a lot of Americans that could do very good British accents, but I was very much uh, wanting to get a local to bring that kind of flair because as a writer, I I don't know how to write (laughs) for British dialogue a hundred percent necessarily. And that was another sounding uh, board that I could have to say like, Hey, does this sound right? That's such a valid thing. Right. Mm. Um, And Mamito Kukwakila, who I ended up casting has been fantastic for that. Again, also with Maeve de Brune, who plays Lola, who is 100% Irish. I needed someone from Ireland. And Maeve was incredibly excited to take on that role and to be that sounding board for like, hey, does this sound like something an Irish person would say? And she'd be like, well, sort of, (laughs) but I'd do this instead. And we had a lot of moments where um, we'd go through and just make the script more genuine to her character. And that was was a real delight to do that. 
And that's lovely on both parts, isn't it? You feel like you're helping fuel the, the production to be more authentic Absolutely. and genuine. I think that's wonderful that you, you've you given the you know the forum to, to do that. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as I cast the main cast, I um, put out the next casting call for supporting characters. And I, I did two more casting calls after the main cast um, mm-hmm. for two different groups of supporting characters. And yeah, I got a lot of the same people auditioning for the same things, and that was great. Um, but mm-hmm. I was lucky enough and had enough time to be able to pick and choose the absolute best people for the jobs, and I'm so glad I did it that way. Exciting, and I, I think that whole casting process is fascinating for for different reasons. I think, and as a voice actor, you know, you if you don't get a part, it's really obviously gutting mm-hmm. sometimes but uh obviously sometimes your voice just perhaps is too similar to someone mm-hmm. else who has already been cast yes or just doesn't quite ring true so can you talk about some of your your choices and reasons why oh, you picked the folks you did i was hoping you'd ask about this this is <laughs> this was interesting so um casting gwen was easy i heard mamito and i'm like that's it <laughs> and she was one of the first that came in for that role. And I was just like, okay, this is the measuring stick that I'm measuring all other performances off of. Cause it was just the, mm. she had the perfect voice and she's got a, a background in theater and even film. Yeah, she not surprised, not, not very much voice acting experience, but I was a hundred percent in love with her voice. And I, I just needed her to play this role. So I was yeah. more than happy to start where she was. Uh, Cause I'm, yes. I was also new at this. So, um, the boys, however, um, and also Maeve, Maeve, uh, who plays Lola, who uh, debuts in episode four, which comes yes. out soon. Um, she was also Lola. a very easy yeah. pick uh, just because right. she was so genuine uh, to that character. But the male characters were a bit harder to uh, cast just because there were so many more male um, actors who auditioned for multiple oh, really? roles. And I was a bit disheartened by that. I was hoping to get more... Um, female actors and female presenting actors for a lot of these roles. Um, okay. And it was about, I'd say, um, three out of four actors that uh, auditioned for any role in the season were male. And Really? <gasps> Where are you, ladies? Where are you, females? <laughs> really? And and I can't, I, I'd even like um, put out uh, another tweet okay. saying, like, hey, we need more ladies, please. Please come down. Ladies and female presenting, please. We need you. Yeah, they are out there, I'm um, sure. <laughs> and there's not more male roles in Omen season one mm. than there are female roles or anything like that uh, it's pretty well, and for many roles yeah. like the gender didn't even matter no and yeah. it didn't yeah and you know um we didn't run the perfect casting call we used maybe some um language that wasn't entirely inclusive and okay. we want to do better about that and we got a lot of feedback about that it was mostly positive yeah. but yeah i mean we try to be a platform for lots of different voices, um, especially marginalized voices, people of yes. color, LGBTQ plus. Um, yes. um, and knowing how to ask for that was a learning process for me as well. Well, this is important, isn't it? And I, we have had the lovely Evan Tess on and uh, mm-hmm. also Talmanir talking about various ways of uh, the best casting calls to put out right on this uh, show. And yeah, it is just about... Get educating yourself really isn't it in as, in as much as if it's a thing that you haven't really come across or done before there are many examples and, and Talmanir is definitely one who can point you in the right direction is also writing on Medium as well uh, some really intriguing articles and Evan Tess as well um, is a you know one of the pioneers for for people to just think a little before you you post casting calls. So brilliant, yeah. I, um, I think that's key to to acknowledge, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to the casting, though, um, I did run into the problem just because we had so many male presenting actors auditioning for like most of the roles. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a lot of overlap in voices that sounded very similar or maybe didn't play off each other very well. Mm-hmm. And I had to bring Sam in, who plays uh, Tobias on our game, and he helped me cast Tobias, uh, Tobias's actor, A.J. Beckles. Um, mm. And it was funny because I was like, okay, I got about, I don't know, 150 people that auditioned for this role. Yeah, um, gosh. I've narrowed it down to three. Wow. Here are the top three. And I showed it to Sam. 
and I, I think I bought him a pizza to get him over to my house to help me. <laughs> um, and he just sat there very thoughtfully. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. play two again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good. Can I hear one one more time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he kind of gave a big sigh and he looked at me and he said, what's number four on the list? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, what's, what's the one that you didn't include in your top three? And I was like, okay, I'll play a couple of those. And he's like, that's the one. That's the guy right there. (laughs) And it was AJ. And I told AJ this, and he was very amused by this story. Um, (laughs) Because at that point, I knew who I wanted Quentin to be. I wanted him to be um, a a deeper voice, male-presenting character with um, some vulnerabilities, um, young enough where it's like he's inexperienced but still confident of himself. And then I needed mm-hmm. a more boyish kind of voice to play off of that, a more adolescent voice. Right. And I wasn't sure what that sounded like. I'd never cast anyone before. So this was kind of, and by this point, I had listened to so many sides, Sarah. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah. It was all bleeding together. If so, you're talking 150 for one role and you've got 20 <laughs> roles. Oh, my goodness. It was a That's lot. That's astounding. Um, <laughs> So to get a fresh pair of ears on that was really helpful. And to be honest, the, yeah. my top picks all sounded the same and I just didn't know. <laughs> so I right. think when Sam heard the other candidates that I maybe wasn't listening to close enough, he was mm-hmm. able to help me out and be like, that's the one. That's who I envisioned Toby sounding like in my mind. Um, so that's, yeah, that's an interesting story there of just um, assembling a team that, sounds distinct enough either through accents or the timbre of their voice um that play off well and you can distinguish them when they're all in the same scene together yes and and how did you contact folks to let them know whether they had or hadn't get a part did you let folks know if they hadn't or i did i tried really hard whenever i picked um my 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 number one i'd read out reach out to them first and say hey I'd like to work with you. Would you also like this role? And I would wait for them to get back to me and I'd wait for them to confirm. And then afterwards, after I was done celebrating a little, (laughs) I would email everyone back and say like, thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed your, your sides and I'm keeping your name for um, future, um, future casting. And I I meant that I, I have all their names in a spreadsheet and I have all their performances that they gave. I'm, I'm saving those. Um, I already have some people in mind that I want to contact for season two roles. Um, So wait by your phones, people. (laughs) And they auditioned for season one roles. Yeah. So, um, so Mm -hmm. yes, I think that's important too. And I, I didn't have time to, email each person individually, wow. which I regret, but just that, that, that thank you. And that, that closure of like, you know, we did pick someone else, but like we re- mm-hmm. would really like to keep your name on file for the future. I think that's important. And to that's do that. great to hear that, you know, you do mean it and you have got even the files on, on, on uh, your spreadsheet. That's fantastic. So as uh, you know, reassuring for folks that, you know, maybe, maybe not this time, but next time. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> brilliant. And so then you have this wonderful, fun, brilliantly buoyant cast in place. Uh, you went to Table Reads next, am I right? Yeah, more or less. Um, that took a little scheduling oh, to do my. just because yeah. um, everyone, I mean, we're six hours apart yes. in the day, you know. Um, everyone's in a different time yeah. zone. Um, so that was very interesting. But I managed it, and we managed to squeak out some times in, I believe it was the fall? Mm. No, it was the spring. Yeah, it was the spring of 2020, right before the uh, before the crazy, the crazy started. The big crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. Yeah, yeah, right about the last time you had um, Sarah Werner, my Sarah, on your show, um, was about yes. the time we were doing our table reads. Yeah, and yeah, that wow. was really interesting. That was my first experience directing people and um uh-huh. I'm I'm very embarrassed of those recordings. <laughs> what? Yes. I had the best time. Uh folks if you don't know I, I have a wonderful uh fun character to play in this crazy brilliant fun season and so yeah I had the best fun working with you on that Tim and and being hugely honest you wouldn't know that you hadn't had experience of doing that. Well, it was you. just so fun. So yeah, I think you kudos to you. You know you you've really Really, uh, 
uh, as they say, blew it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And so, well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Like that. And I was very upfront um, with everyone. Like, this is my first time doing this. Uh, a couple of mm. you, this is your first time working on a project like this. Um, right. And so just yes. being open, like, hey, if you need something from me, please ask. And um, mm-hmm. I made it a point to say, like, you know, does anyone have any questions? Does anyone have any thoughts on this? For more emotional yeah. or maybe more violent yeah. scenes, I'd ask, like, is everyone okay with this material? Like, does anyone have any problems with this? Let's talk about it. And, you know, they Please. were pros. They didn't. They never took me up on that. They always ask great questions about the context of characters and, like, Mamito especially, who was more used to stage direction, and Maeve as well, um, asked a lot of yes. wonderful questions that really developed the way that I edited uh, down the line mm. and helped shape that character in right. a way that I hadn't thought of before. So actors are phenomenal resources for directors um, at that early stage. Yeah. And I really appreciate, even in, even when we were recording together, it was phenomenal to hear their take on things. Mm, superb. And those recordings were, were done in the uh, voice actors own homes remotely. Um, yes. Would that have happened anyway or was it due to pandemic crazy that uh... no it's weird that it worked out that way because i had always a hundred percent um planned on doing things remotely right and this just speaks to my lack of knowledge at the time is i thought that okay we'll get the main cast to come in and do a table read just the four of them uh-huh. that was aj uh beckles um Charlie West, Mamito Kukwakila, and Maeve De Bruyne, and just bring them in and have them go through all the scripts together. And I don't know, I'll read the other characters. And then they'll all send in their things individually without any direction on their own. I thought that was enough. And um, I think I was mistaken. That was a mistake. (laughs) Uh, um, Not in that they weren't able to deliver those lines, because nine times out of 10, the stuff they sent in is in the show, and it's fantastic. Um, it wasn't until retakes when I was like, you know what, I want to sit down and work through some of these things and see where they're yeah. coming from. And that's when I really discovered that um, directing uh, one-on-one is is really um, my preferred method and Great. most of my actors' preferred method. And I think I'm going to continue doing it that way. And I was lucky because of the staggered mm-hmm. casting call that we did, I was able to do retakes with them one-on-one and then with the supporting cast coming in i was able to work more with them from the beginning uh on one-on-one direction like what with what with we did mm-hmm. so that was phenomenal to be able to do that that's great fun yeah brilliant and and yeah i think that that whole thing has become more prevalent over the last few years i think initially when i started it was just very much mm-hmm. here's a script what accent are you doing okay off you go do it and send it back and then you might hear maybe right. if it had come out maybe you know depending on the the producer so yeah i think much more kind of good practice is coming out now with folks working uh with either a a different director Mm -hmm. to the writer so you got the writer and director in the space or um yeah having someone with all the hats on uh running the show which is is very groovy and i love very much and i think there's so many different ways of connecting now as well these days did what was your preferred way that you did that um, remote directing with your actors we just used zoom mm. um and i had used zoom the, the reason i chose zoom um was because uh, uh i think it was the year before i had actually had to use zoom for um some therapy sessions i was doing mm. i was actually doing some hypnotherapy sessions to wow. um, work through some issues yeah. and just better myself yeah. over the course of like 10 weeks and I guess you could chalk it up to the kind of the personal nature of why I use that, that kind of translated over into why I wanted to use that for casting. And just at the time, it was the most stable networking tool we had. I think if um, I had to choose differently, I might have experimented more with like Discord Mm -hmm. or um, Google Meet, things like that. Yeah, I think there's such uh, a range, isn't there? I was on Riverside, um, not a Riverside, just, you know, an actual Riverside FM uh, on Friday. And that was a really good experience, actually. Um, So the quality seemed to, connection wise, was fantastic. Although because there was an engineer on the other side of it, too, I didn't have to monitor my levels. So that was exciting. That's kind of nice. Yeah, that was that was lovely, but also slightly unnerving.
unnerving because you're kind of used to looking at what you're doing, right? As you're going, uh, once you get, I guess, a certain level of experience of, of playing. And um, so, yeah, I found it really odd. I didn't have to, to look and I was I was trying to gauge, I think, this far away from the mic is okay for this shouty bit and facing over there away from the mic is okay for that kind of level. But but yeah, so it was something I, I'd recommend people have a, a little look at if they want another alternative to, to their video connections is Riverside FM. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. We are independent creators, mm. uh, both Sarah and I. So uh, renting a studio was never an option for okay, us yeah. in our budget. Yeah. So um, it was just weird that this plan of remote recording was the only way Omen could have happened. And it was the way we planned for it um, far before the pandemic hit. Well, see, foreseeing your own futures of, of efficiency. It's beautiful. Boy, I hope I didn't. <laughs> so can you name some of the glorious successes you had then? Can we talk about those and maybe showcase some of these? I think things when, you know, it really went right or you actually got more than you wished for from your actors or, you know, what did you do? How did you do it? What did they do? Can we play some examples? Can you think of things you, you know pick out the greatest successes that i can think of for omen season one pertain to um very emotional season one spoilers right now okay <laughs> but i can say that in those instances um i was incredibly touched by how seriously the actors took the writing and how connected mm-hmm. they were to their characters and uh, it was very humbling to see them bring these sometimes very painful experiences oh, yeah. to their performances, like really personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I considered that level of performance um, a gift. Right. Uh, and I'm forever grateful to my cast for sharing that with the show. Um, that was not something I had prompted. I had not said, like, I want you to dredge up the most painful memory of your life and bring that to this performance. But they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, I only knew about that after the fact when I was like, wow, that was a really powerful performance. Where did that come from? And right. they'd share the stories of what they were thinking of. And it was just like mm-hmm. I had intruded on something very private. And that I truly believe that was a gift. Like that was mm. my biggest success was um, building enough trust and friendliness and relationships with these actors to have them feel comfortable enough to perform on that level for mm. um, our silly little fantasy show. Well, you say that, <laughs> but the writing has got to do with that too, right? Because you can't act yeah. with that depth if you haven't got that on the page. And us voice actors need to serve that script initially right Absolutely. so so kudos to your writing i feel as well in that, oh, that respect um, and i mean mm. like it is a it is a clean show there are no swear words which i i still find a little weird because in america and in, in north america at least we're very hung up on um sex and language uh-huh. but we're not so hung up on violence and i think we should be um yes more so than language and sex which are fine i think um i think they're beautiful things <laughs> Often we love. at the same time yes right <laughs> <laughs> oh sarah i knew i just had to give you an inch and you took it you went for it i love that you know any excuse quite frankly <laughs> but um yeah it's 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 not a, I, I wouldn't say grim dark, but yeah, it's got some darker elements, mm. and it's because these characters love and care for each other so much that it kind of brings the audience through that that darkness. Oh, and, you want them to win, um, yeah, 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 you really do. And yeah, you do need to go to some dark places to really convey that emotion, and I so appreciate that. At one point, um, if you're looking for anecdotes, um, please go ahead. Charlie West, who plays Quentin. Um, there's an episode where he's very badly uh, beaten and bruised um, mm. from an altercation. And we had to get that across through his performance that his you know, face was partially swollen. And, you know, yeah. and I was like, he, I went to him. Do you have any ideas for that? And he's like, hold on a second. He left for like five minutes. He came back. And he's like, I have this athletic mouth guard that I use for sports. And he, he cut it in half down the middle and he like shoved one half up into his gums and kind of talk like you know it, yes. i can't do it but it just it, it was so phenomenal that he went to that that length to do that awesome. um and then both he and aj beckles 
went so far as to like stuff socks in their mouth for a, a scene when they were bound and gagged together and were kind of trying to yell for help. And yeah. that sounds terrible, but yes. <laughs> it was a very emotional scene and they, they went for it. I, yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Um, Little props help, right? Now and then. <laughs> absolutely. Don't be afraid. I know Maeve de Bruyne ruined her voice oh. doing a lot of shouted lines at one point. Mm. Um uh, Mamito always asked questions about, you know, what Gwen was going through, where she came from, what was going on in her head. Yeah. Just because the season one centers so much around her character, she was so invested in and in, in showing that journey that that character was going yes. on. Um, well, it's great so, to have that yeah. meat to get stuck into, isn't it? To have that, mm-hmm. like, you know, so often there's a lot of anthology shows and it's like that one episode, bang, you're done. <laughs> so to have that, like, <laughs> development and progression and heart of the character truly sometimes ripped apart uh, can be <laughs> so satisfying for a voice actor to, to get hold of, right? So, yeah, good, good, good fun. Right? I, I, I think we... We need to go into our quick fire five quirky questions of audio love enjoy, oh folks. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask a question and either of you can answer. But the only uh, proviso is that you have 30 seconds to answer the question in. Are we ready? Yes. That's on. OK, yes. question one. What was something difficult from casting at a publication that you overcame and how? Sarah, do you have any thoughts? Nope. Go, Tim. Um, go. Uh, the time zone, the time seconds. changes were a big challenge. Um, I set up an Omen cast and crew Discord to help with that. Yes. Um, I downloaded a time zone app so I could always communicate what time everyone was operating on. Um, and yes, multiple platforms of communication I would definitely recommend as much as possible to help cover everyone's logistic needs. Three, two, one. They can be one. tricky to juggle. <laughs> Super. Well done. Good. And question two. What did you wish you knew before you created or cast this podcast? Would you do anything differently? What? How? Oh, money. I wish I knew more about money and voice acting. Don't we all? (laughs) Yes. I wish I knew how to um, figure out uh, what I owed people. Everyone was always paid as much as I could and on time, but I wish I would have made that easier or knew more about the industry to um, kind of decide, oh, this is a $500 role. This is a $300 role instead of what I did, which which was uh, hourly, which was uh, probably more of a mess than it was worth. So if you're a new director, um, don't charge by the hour. That's a real headache. <laughs> Brilliant advice. And question three, who helped you, inspired you? Should other folks look up support and learn from as well oh gosh um sarah obviously sarah Warner. yes <laughs> oh, thank Podcast you. available on all platforms if you contact sarah yes <laughs> yes uh uh, we have a um, group of very close-knit um, podcasting friends that we talk to every week. Chris Rayanaga and Marguerite Croft from Point Mystic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Greenhall from Dark Amazing Tone. legend. Eli McElveen, Sean Howard from Alba Salix Civilized, Fable and Folly yeah. Network. But I also had some individual help from people like Evan Tess Murray, Caroline Minx, uh, Jordan Cobb, That's Damian a- Revick from Cybernautica, and Jimmy Bice, along with everyone else from the Create Along that we host uh, every week on Twitch. Amazing. Sarah. I will put links to their Twitter handles on, and, on the show notes, and you must follow all of them. <laughs> uh, question four. Do you like your podcast? Why? What are you proud of? I do like my podcast, partially because I don't play a character in it, so I don't have to cringe. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that helps. Um, think uh, mostly, and feel free to chime in, Sarah, mostly I'm proud of just how great a lengths we went to to feature so many different voice actors from so many walks of life. Um, I feel like my own experience with the fantasy genre is very limited by what I'm used to and um, how I was grow, how I grew up, and I wanted to bring in as many diverse points of view as possible because I don't want to be a gatekeeper, yeah. not to tabletop RPG, not to audio drama, not to fantasy genre in general. Mm-hmm. I don't think there should be gatekeepers. What do you think, Sarah? I'm proud of you for that. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just, <laughs> I'm just, I love seeing you like take on a challenge and then run with it. Like it was just a real joy to watch you create and then find joy in creating your own show. It was just really cool. Hooray! Okay, both of you, I'd like a separate take on this one. Can you sell it to us in a okay. sentence? Go. What do you have, Sarah? <laughs> uh, let's see. 
a young girl goes missing by the seaside, and it's up to three adventurers who kind of don't know what they're doing, but have a lot of heart to find this girl and go to great lengths and great depths to do so. I'm going to put sea sea waves behind that, lapping gently. Okay, and Tim, what's your (laughs) sentence of explanation? To sell it to someone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sell it to me in a sentence. I would just say... Pitch me, pitch me. Baby, you will you will fall head over heels in love with at least one character. Done. Yes. I hope it's Nat. I really do. Yes. <laughs> Bring it. I love Nat. You will you will be scared and fall in love <laughs> with Nat. I love it. I, I need that in my life more so. Shake it up a bit now and then. Beautiful. You have survived the five questions of the quirky quiz of audio love and joy. Congratulations. <laughs> And then I have to ask, because this is perhaps something that other people might consider. Um, Would you both recommend working with your other half? Because there are stresses and strains, right? There's got to be creatively Mm. and uh, (laughs) space wise and creative headspace for for both of you. So, yeah, would you recommend it? What do you think, Sarah? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely would. I've... I'm not good at directing. I learned that and I'm I'm I've made my peace with it. I if if you are an actor working with Tim is such a delight. He like okay. I just I got to watch the table reads and then I got to watch him coaching and directing individual actors and I learned. It was just so it was so amazing. I learned from watching him like oh, okay, like this is how you talk to people and you engage your actors and you ask questions and you get their point of view. Um, He just, it was just natural. It it was just natural um, the way that Tim uh, was working with his actors and directing them. So like, yes, I would absolutely work with Tim again. This is difficult right now when Tim says no, never. (laughs) (laughs) No, I... Sarah's kind of a jerk. (laughs) She's not good at directing. (laughs) I am very proud to count myself among the many, many podcasters who partially owe their success to Sarah. Um, oh, gosh. You've oh, got enough I, limbs I, on all my family to probably... <laughs> I think I think I speak for a lot of people when I say Sarah walks so that we could run. And oh, she yeah. is also continuing to run. Season two of Girl in Space is being written, and it's amazing. So <laughs> and also, Sarah is the only, like, the first person I knew that figure all this out by trial and error over years. And uh-huh. the fact mm-hmm. that she has that in a course that you can uh, download and, and, and learn yourself is amazing. And sure. I use the course. Um, I I do run an ad for podcast now at the end of each episode of Omen. And it's yeah. because it's helped me. And I really want people to get their stories out into the space and share them because yes. that's so important. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has to be said, Sarah, you, you've been astounding on the, the space for, forever, it seems, you know, and, and Absolutely. I'm very much inspired by you Thank and you. have been and been lucky enough to talk to you a few times in various uh, shows about podcasting and, and uh, various things and aspects of making stuff, which has been we'll amazing see. but yeah i we're all very much looking forward to your your season two and uh yeah i mean how, how <laughs> different has it been working on this omen podcast watching it grow from just those initial ideas to its fruition and and has it been very different to working on in developing girl in space season two as well extremely different it's <laughs> been so different um I, I learned, like Tim said, uh, I when I developed Girl in Space, uh, you know, I, I did learn from a lot of amazing resources, like even your own audio drama production podcast. I listened to that while I was creating season one of Girl in Space. Superb. Um, so thank you for that. Oh, well, all good um, fun. I hope folks find it. I think it's sort of been a little buried over the last year or so, but hopefully uh, folks can still, there's some wonderfully useful episodes in there from Matthew and Robert uh, through yes. Fiona and I to Austin, Scooter and friends. So yeah, do jump in and find it. I'll put links on the show notes. Yay. There's going to be so many links on the show There'll notes. There'll be, it'll be like episode. a tome. <laughs> <laughs> Season um, four of the show notes. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, um... It was just, it was very weird being in the, in the producer seat instead of in the creator seat. And, um, I was more facilitating Tim's creation than really putting in the blood, sweat and tears myself. So (laughs) meanwhile, over here with season two of girl in space, I am putting in the blood, sweat and tears. And I'm like, how did you do this, Tim? It's so hard. And he's like, Hey, you created season one of girl in space. So you've done this before. And I'm like, I don't remember it being this hard. So (laughs) 
<laughs> it is. It's it's weird, and every project I think For is different. Sure. And things change in the space as well, don't they? And 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 expectations yes. as well become come different. So I, I I'm very excited oh. to, to you know send you good vibes of of chilled time Thank as well you. as writing and creating time because. It can take its toll on all of us, which is what our previous Mediva episode was about, right? It's just taking that time to find the space uh, that you can actually live in between these creating wondrous things, moments. (laughs) Superb. And uh, yeah, I mean, with regards to to putting it out there, Tim, as well, I mean, what top tips would you give to folks? Because you have released, as I say, three episodes to date uh, while we're talking today. Um, And yeah, how have you found that, like releasing your baby out to the wild and having folks actually listen to it? (laughs) It's been it's been very terrifying, to be honest. And the my my close group of podcast friends have been very kind to me. They know that I'm a, just a baby podcaster, and I'm still very emotionally invested in in stuff like that. I don't have that thick skin up yet, you know. Oh. <laughs> um, but um, tips and tricks for releasing your baby to the world. Mm. Um, <sighs> always, always overestimate how much time and effort something's going to take. Mm. I constantly underestimated. I was I thought that I'd be I have everything out by last year and I was so wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so wrong. And in what um, avenues would you say that you you sort of underestimated the most? Is it sort of the editing side of things or the the recording side of things whereabouts would you probably say? Probably editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um audio editing in particular. Um it just takes so long and I think I'm going to be looking into working with someone for season 2 just because it was such drudgery for me. Oh. Um and of course the pandemic um really slowed things down. I made yeah. sure that like my actors were able to um be as stress-free and safe as possible. Oh, um right. so I was and you know what as a as a, a greenhorn I I used the the time um restraints that um the pandemic put on everything as an excuse to catch up and grow and learn myself and mm-hmm. take my time and mm-hmm. if I could give anyone that time I would, you should absolutely give yourself the time and energy you need to make it the way you want and to yeah. do it right and not compromise. And boy, I, I was very close to uh, reciting the Right Now podcast line, wasn't I, Sarah? <laughs> well, and it's it's funny because I was like, wow, I really needed to hear that right now. Thank you. Because <laughs> like, oh my gosh, uh, as soon as you write it and you cast it and you record it, you're like, okay, I got to get it out. Got to get it out. And it's like, no, take your time. There's, there's been so many wonderful things that I've learned from editing Yeah. things like whose point of view is this scene from? Like, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that like subconsciously writing a scene, I thought it was from this character's point of view. But as soon as I ignore like a stage direction or a sound effects cue, suddenly it's from someone else's point of view and the the, right. the tone shifts, things like that. And just working with actors, getting ideas for things that you'd normally, you didn't think of yourself. Um, mm. It was so wonderful that throughout the whole process, giving myself the time to really get to know the characters in ways I didn't know before was so helpful and really fleshed out the story more than I could have possibly imagined. Fantastic. And so what would you be looking for for future seasons uh, of of, uh, Omen with your voice actors? What kind of folks would you love to hear from for auditioning for you next? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Where's the bar? Is it high? (laughs) I would love to employ my friends as much as possible, but um, I know how um, important it is to give new voice actors a chance to shine and bring in as many, many new people as you possibly can. Um, I made the very conscious decision to cast all four main cast people uh, that were relatively new. I know A.J. Beckles has a lot of experience in like anime, Mm. things like that, but relatively they're all pretty young, new voice actors. And I 
I want to work with more new young voice actors. Well, you know, I'm running a course right now, and there are so many people on that course that are oh astounding. All of them. <laughs> Why there so many? All of them are astoundingly good. Um, just listening back to them, and we're, we're playing with directing different genres and finding different character voices, even when they're just sort of narrating information that I've written on, on things. They are creating these, these wonderful-sounding characters. I'm thinking, yeah, you're brilliant. Well, I'm just listening to them. So be, be prepared for quirky voices students to come at you yes uh, <laughs> yes. yes please <laughs> but uh, but no Absolutely. that's brilliant I, I agree that you know there is space for so many more voices and if you're mm-hmm. reticent if you're feeling shy you know I think you and I spoke of this era like we're both introverted extroverts of some kind right and <laughs> and I know you I've heard you on a lot more podcasts as a voice actor as well which is wonderfully exciting to hear you so keep up with that good groovy good stuff uh, but yeah it's about just taking that leap sometimes and you know when you listen back to your voice I think it, it took me about three and a half years to to just get over myself and not hate it you just mm-hmm. have to get past mm-hmm. that and uh, yeah mm-hmm. just send it you know get it to a point where it's done exactly what the instructions have asked you for on that audition and ping it off to the right email you know that's the best you and can go do. for yeah, it just just try yeah. absolutely go for Keep it doing yeah. it <laughs> make me have to ask for you to pull back a bit because i, I want to see what you can do <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's a lot easier to tone down than bring you up isn't it generally yes. brilliant well i have so much glorious goodness in this this uh, episode today so thank you so much for sharing your your experience and and if folks haven't yet i do think you've heard the taglines you've heard the one sentence come listen structure to it so so go out there and, and, and go and enjoy and and folks i i'm very excited to hear the rest of the season and obviously you see what happens next and and of yes. course as well with with girl in space we're very much uh, looking forward to, to to new adventures of the Kavatica and friends um, so yeah where can folks find you if they if they want to they're poised over their keyboards right now where should they go to find you well if you want to listen to Omen we're at omencast.com you can also listen on Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts wherever you listen we're there probably um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Omen Podcast duper and where can they find you Sarah and all your brilliant wares well, gosh, let's see. They can actually just go to sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-E-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com. And that has links to all my projects. It's got a whole bunch of free stuff out there. And then also um, my social media is Super out there as well. This is next. Excuses, folks. You've got all the deets. Go, go check them out. <laughs> well, have a, have a wonderful, creative you, rest of this beautiful, crazy life we're leading right now, right? <laughs> in yes. spite of Thank all that's you. crazy outside our front doors, what's inside your head and made into something beautiful hourly, everybody should hear. <laughs> so, yes, have the best fun. And thank you very much for coming thank on with Eva. Thank you, Sarah. It was great. <laughs> thank you cool. so much. Cool. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.